been meditating, and maybe you have too. The Bible says that Lot, in the midst of Sodom and Gomorrah, that his heart was vexed with the ungodly behavior of the people around him. Some of you know the story of Sodom. I'm not going into it. But I believe we're very close to the same kind of conditions that Lot found himself in in the city of Sodom. We've got to be close. And um, I've meditated a lot about it and wondered a lot about it. And God just whispered in my ear the other day, uh, and I've never done a message on this, and he just whispered this in my ear, and I said, I'll do it. And I want to talk to you about the spirit of Antichrist. There is a spirit of Antichrist. You, you hear it on the secular news almost, is if this was Christian, they would never let them get by with that. But because the Islamics do it, they let them get by with it. Or if the Buddhists do it, or if the Hindus do it, or if the atheists do it, or if the agnostics do it, it's okay. But if a Christian does it, oh, now a Christian does it. And it's like we have been singled out as enemy of the state, enemy of society, an enemy of the progressivists. I think they've got that right because we are of a different spirit. And I'm going to talk to you about the spirit of Antichrist, what it is, where it came from, try to define it for you, going to be kind of a teaching and then application towards the end. hope it helps you. And you leave here with a better understanding, especially if you're a young person. With a better understanding of the world you're growing up in and living in, and, and will live the most of your life in. We old-timers aren't going to live the most of our life in it. We're, we're checking out. But you younger people are going to, you're going to slug it out in Sodom. And you need to know what's going on. It'll help you. It'll help you because there is a God, and the spirit within us is greater than the spirit that is in the world. And this is not a negative. This is no way a downer. This is an upper. It encourage you. We old Christians, and I say old Christians, meaning Christians have been saved 50 years or more, are shocked at what they see and hear every day in the news. Homosexual marriage? What is that? How can that even be? Transgender? Confusion? Huh? We look at it, we scratch our head and go, what? There is no such thing as a transgender. You made the word up. Immorality, where, where living together becomes more frequent than getting married? Well, what, is, what is going on? How about this? Homosexual adoption? You would allow that? 
hostile behavior towards Christians in the Bible is peeking out. Violation. We look at the violation in our country of the work ethic. We should not have welfare. We should have work affair. You should never give some things, unless he's crippled, unable to work, absolutely unable to work. Of course, you're supposed to help those folks. But people that are able to able-bodied people should never be given anything. They should work for it. Because when you give something to them, it destroys them. You, that's where it's coming for right there. If you want to, if you want to destroy your children, give them a bunch of stuff. Violation of, and we end up getting a group of, and this is a new word to me somewhat, entitlement. My dad was the antithesis of entitlement. Uh, we see, we, we old timers look at this injustice. There's injustice going on in every direction and, and corruption at the highest levels of our government. We ask ourselves, what's going on? The Bible really has a very definitive answer for it. Our text verse is 1 John, and you need to make no doubt mark it or make a note of it, 1 John 4, verse 3. I've done a pretty thorough study on this, so I'm going to, in less than 30 minutes, I'll give this to you. I'm going to serve a smorgasbord of truth here. Take what you want and leave what you don't. Every, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ, now the word Jesus is who he was, he's the word Savior. Christ is the anointed one. So when you say Jesus Christ, you're saying Jesus is the Christ. You know, it's not his name. Jesus is his name. Christ is his title, okay? So we get so used to saying Jesus Christ, we think that's his first and last name. <laughs> Not his first and last name. It is entitled. When you say Jesus Christ, you're saying Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And if you can say that and believe it, it has been revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Jesus made that very clear in John chapter 16 when Peter said it. He said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. You're not going to get this understanding naturally. You're getting this from me, from God, from the Spirit of God. And so he says, every spirit that confesses not that Jesus, not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, is not of God. In other words, there's only one truth. And the and the, the spirit that denies that, this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and, and this is an amazing statement, and even now already it is in the world. That was written, of course, 100 AD. So the spirit of Antichrist is in every generation, and every time it's there, working. The spirit of Antichrist is gaining momentum, however, in our day, and manifesting itself more boldly, and defining its philosophy of life universally throughout the world, partially possibly because of the Internet, information superhighway has made everything available to everybody. That was not the case till just recently. 
it, it, this spirit of Antichrist has to be against Christianity in its biblical form. In its biblical form means a group of people that call themselves Christians that have been born from above that believe this is the very word of God, authored by God, preserved by God. That's what I'm talking about. They believe you should follow it and obey it. Because Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you're my friend, you'll do whatsoever I ask, I, I command you. So just from the book itself, if you're born again, you're going to be loyal to what the book says, and you will want. Now, you may not be perfect about this, because Christians sometimes, we have a growing period, like anybody else, where we grow in our understanding, and we're growing. The manifest antagonism against the mention of the Bible's God the Bible's Christ, the Ten Commandments, prayer, or the presence even of the book itself among the spirit of Antichrist is taboo. It's like, don't you can bring pornography into your workplace, but whatever you do, don't bring the Bible into your workplace. You're going to have some problems. That's because the spirit of Antichrist can't stand the Bible. It lights up their spirit when they even are mentioned about it or told about it. it. And the reaction is not mild. It is a violent reaction. It is a rootless reaction. And they seem to be willing to do anything to get rid of who and what we Bible believers stand for. And our text mentions it was in the world in 100 A.D already working, even though it was there, and it, and it resisted the apostles uh, to death, if I may say, and killed them when they were given permission to. So the spirit that I'm talking about, the spirit of Antichrist, goes by different names. One name it goes by is found in 2 Thessalonians, you want to turn your Bible there, chapter 2, verse 7. There's a lot of information in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, about the end times, about the Antichrist himself, which is a man that has not yet been revealed, that is coming, that will be given the power of the dragon. In other words, the saint himself is going to bequeath on this individual his power. He tried to give it to Jesus. You know, remember that in Matthew 4, he said to Jesus, he says, he showed him the kingdoms of all the world. And that was, by the way, uh, uh, supernatural, right? He could show the kingdoms of all the world and the power and the glory thereof. And he says, these are mine. And he says, if you'll bow down to me, I'll give them to you. Well, he makes that offer to a man down the road, and the guy says, I'll do it. That's called the Antichrist, and that's the individual man that's not manifest yet. And he will be given power that no other man has been given and he has given, and so he'll rise up to lead the world. This thing is called the mystery of iniquity. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, even 100 AD, or in this time 60 AD, I believe this was. Only he who now letteth, and the word letteth means to hold back, will continue to hold back or let until he be taken out of the way. So the only thing really holding back this mystery of iniquity is the Holy Spirit's ministry of restraining. And how does he do that? Well, he does this in a large way through you and me as born-again believers. 
If you get saved, born again, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is God. Acts 5. Ananias and Sapphira. He says you lied to God. Well, he lied to the Holy Spirit. It's obvious there in other places. The Holy Spirit is God, man. And so when they lie to the Holy Spirit, they lie to God. And this Holy Spirit is God in us, the hope of glory. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. The word, the, word, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are interchangeable. And so when he indwells us, he, his spirit is, by its very nature, the Holy Spirit is repulsive or repels the spirit of the mystery of iniquity or the spirit of Antichrist. It's just a natural, it's like, it's like taking two north magnets and trying to put them together, and they, they just naturally, what in the world, it's invisible. You can't see anything there, but they push each other. You feel the, if you get a strong magnet, they'll push you like you'll feel it. Something invisible is pushing, pushing, pushing. That's the spirit of, the Holy Spirit and this mystery of iniquity or this Antichrist spirit, they push each other away. It makes perfect, it makes a lot of things make sense. That a born-again Christian can go in a group of people and he's like, he makes them upset, he makes them nervous, they begin to get a little agitated, they don't know what's going on. You're not one of them born-againers, are you? I've been asked that a lot of times. Or they'll swear in your midst, now they swear like troopers normally, but when they swear around you, they go, oh, excuse me, I, I, I know I'm a, they feel convicted by your very presence. What is your presence? The spirit in you is holding them back by his presence. That antichrist spirit is holding, is being repulsed and repelled by the Holy Spirit in you. We're called the light of the world, right? Jesus said you're lights, you're light of the world. Jesus said you're salt of the earth, right? You're salt. So salt, what does salt do? Preserves, holds back decay. What's light do? It repels darkness. Darkness does not repel light. Darkness cannot overcome light. You could make this room pitch black and have a big lighter, and it would light up almost all the way to the back. That little light would repel all that darkness. It doesn't take a lot of light to repel darkness. Brother, you are important to God to hold back the evil of this world. You and I are repelling by our very nature and having the Holy Spirit in us. All these, all the people that are born again in this room, what a, what a powerful group of light you are. What a, what a potent group of salt you are. What do we do? We protest evil. We reveal evil. We call out evil. We explain evil uh, to people. We attack evil. We warn people about evil wherever we go. I hope you do. I sure do. And then another question I want to help you with is, what is iniquity? Mystery of iniquity. Iniquity is simply not acknowledging God. It is doing things outside of God's will. It's been said it is a bent on having your way apart from God's way. It's self-willedness. And these, these are different connotative meanings of, of iniquity. And so it makes sense that when you want to do your things, when you want to live life your way, and you don't want to live God's way, you're committing iniquity. 
the sin of iniquity. Iniquity can be a habit that forms in a life. And so that's why it's so important to do God, to do things God's way. That's the spirit of God in you. That's the Holy Spirit. When you want to do things God's way, God says, uh, forsake not your assembling together, so you're here today. You're doing it God's way. You don't even know why. You don't even necessarily need to know. My dad used to tell me to do something. I used to say, why? He said, you don't need to know why. You just need to do what I tell you. How many have ever said that as a parent? Huh? Look, you know, a kid gets about three years old. They get, why? 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 You don't need to know why, son. Just do it. Trust me. Because when God tells me to do something, I just got to trust him that he's smarter than I am, wiser than I am, older than I am. I'm just going to trust him. And so many of the commandments in the New Testament are that way. I just trust him. I trust him at 18 years old. I trust him today at 67 years old. I just trust him. Let me give you some examples of iniquity in our day and how this mystery of iniquity is working. First of all, God instituted, the first institution in the Bible is marriage. The number one first institution in the Bible is marriage. It's the family and marriage. Well, it was marriage between Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. It was, a, it was a, the example. By the way, you say example. Jesus, when he was questioned about divorce and remarriage, went back to Adam and Eve as an example. He himself teaches from the first example. And he says, well, in the beginning it was not so. This is the way. God made this as an all forever example the way he wanted things to go. This is the way he wanted it to go. It was a marriage between, and you know I don't have to, I shouldn't have to say this, but it was a marriage between a man and a woman. What does the mystery of iniquity do? The spirit of the mystery of iniquity says it does not have to be this way just because it's been told us this way. It does not have to be this way just because for 6,000 years it's been this way. Um, it can be between, a marriage can be between a male and a male or a female and a female. That's the mystery of iniquity. Let me give you another example. God institutes, instituted long ago, actually when you were conceived, sexual orientation. In other words, that you were a man or you were a woman. I saw, I listened to a doctor, pretty well-educated young lady, uh, on the uh, YouTube giving 30, she said there are 3,500 differences between a man and a woman you cannot ever change by taking off parts or adding parts. Or by getting injected with, with, with estrogen or by getting by injected with, with testosterone will not make a difference in your DNA at all. You are what God made you to be. The mystery of iniquity comes by and says, oh no, oh no, you are what you think you are. So that's where the statement is, a kid can get up in the morning and decide, maybe today I, I feel feminine. I, th I think I'll wear a dress today. Mystery of iniquity does that, the spirit of Antichrist. And by the way, if, if you take exception with them on that, what's the reaction? It is violent and severe and immediate against you. 
And they begin to immediately brand you with all these fancy names they've thought of. They come up with some names, I have to look them up. They invented some new words to try to somehow degrade you, shame you, to try to make you feel like somehow you're, you're, you've missed the mark on it. But you know when you're losing an argument, what you do? When you're losing a real argument, you're losing it, you, diverse, you divert it to another subject. You begin to name call, which is not the issue. The issue is what's right. You were talking about what's right, what's wrong. All of a sudden, you start name calling. That's just a cheap, shallow way of trying to, you're losing the argument, and you don't have any other explanation, so you just start being mad and calling people names. That's the mystery of iniquity. The mystery of iniquity. God instituted marriage, as I said before. The mystery of iniquity says you don't have to get married. You can just live together. The mystery of iniquity of the Spirit of God, and, and the Bible says God made our body. Now, as ugly as I may be, God made me this way. And you can blame him for it, but this is it. He gave me my hair, he gave me my skin, he gave me my tight, he gave me my, I've changed my width a little bit possibly, but pretty much you are what God made you, right? I mean, you got the color hair, well, you know what I'm saying, right? The mystery of iniquity comes by and says, the body that God gave you is not good, mark it. Mark it up. Deform it. Attach things to it. Just whatever you do, don't accept what God has given you. Change it from what God has made. Some examples. The first one is my first for priority's sake. Hall grains. From a farm... I can tell you we had, when they had a hog, you put a ring in their nose to control them so they wouldn't root everything up. But the number one thing a hog likes to do is root. They love just they get so much. I had hogs. I talked to Tom about putting hog rings in them. I went and bought the hog ring thing. I bought the rings, and I looked at my hog, and they just they root, and they just are so happy when they put their nose in the dirt and lift it up. And I thought, you know, I can't be that cruel. I wouldn't even put a hog ring in my hogs. Much less a daughter or a wife. Tongue posts. My dentist hates them. He just they destroy your teeth. They knock little pieces of enamel off on the inside of your teeth. He says, I got people coming in here on a regular basis losing, almost losing their teeth because of tongue posts. Who came up with the idea of sticking something through your tongue? The mystery of iniquity. Piercings, massive tattooings, physical deformings. Uh, the Bible speaks about all of that. Why? Because God gave you your body, and you honor God in some, in some manner by not hating it. Uh, oh, 
I hate my hair. Don't do it. God gave it to you. You got curly hair? Keep it. You got you got straight hair? Keep it. You 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 got gray hair? Dye it. I didn't want to get kicked out today. You got no hair? Do what Tom does, brother. Do what CW does. Cut it. You know, shave it back. Don't do the, you grow it this long on the one side and you chuck it over. Don't, please don't do that. Or two main, what I'm trying to get at, two major spirits in the world. The world is ruled by devil. He's called, he's called 14 different names. The devil, saint, an old dragon, the serpent. Let me read you some verses. Ephesians 2, 2 said, Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air. The Bible says, before you got saved, of course you walked according to the spirit of this world. Who, who is he talking about? He's talking about the prince and the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. It could it be any clearer than that. That's almost 2,000 years old. It's as clear as crystal. That spirit is the same spirit. It's the spirit of the prince and power of the air. Let's just get down to it. It's the spirit of Satan himself. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, In whom the God of this world, he's called that. Uh, John twelve thirty one says, Now is judgment come to the world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. That's Jesus' words. Ephesians 6, 11 and 12, maybe the most clear place in Scripture, says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles. He's wild man. The wiles of the devil. Uh, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the, listen to this, the rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. I'm not making this stuff up. It's Bible. This, there's no wiggle room here. There's no even room for disagreement here. There's an evil antichrist spirit that rules in this world. Why do you think you have wars and rumors of wars? Because of that mystery of iniquity, the spirit of Antichrist. Why do you have massive injustices? Because of the mystery of iniquity in the Antichrist spirit. Why do, you have, why do people treat each other so horribly? Because of the mystery of iniquity in the Antichrist spirit. Why do we have murders? I mean, on TV, you can't even watch TV. Murders and rapes and robberies and beatings. They go on just every day, everywhere. Why? Because of the mystery of iniquity and the spirit of Antichrist. It's the spirit of this world. You getting to know who Satan is? You don't want him. You don't want to be around him. And you don't want what he wants. The spirit that is in our world is an absolute Antichrist spirit. Anything Christian is horrible. I mean, Bible Christian, not fake Christian. There's such thing as fake Christian. Oh, yeah, the devil loves that. He loves, to, he loves to come up alongside of something but not quite be the same. He loves to, he loves to per, portray it as a Christian, but it's not really Christian. But we're talking about Bible-believing, Bible-following, and honoring Christianity.
And if you say you're a Christian, then in some degree you're going to be following this book, and I'm going to be able to test you on whether you really are or not by looking into this book and your life. In some degree. I will be able to look at that. Makes sense, right? One of the main ways it manifests itself, the spirit of Antichrist, ultimately is the denial of Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God. Because the Bible says that Jesus was God, very clearly. 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Who is that? Jesus. What well, goes on? He was justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. Now, if you were a little fuzzy at the beginning, you're not fuzzy at the end of that verse. You're talking about Jesus Christ. He was God. The word is in the received text, which is correctly translated by the King James Bible as theos, the word for God. He was man. There's so many other places I'm not going to. You know, Jesus said of himself, he wasn't of this world. John chapter 8, verse 23, 24 says, Ye are, how do you like this? Jesus is talking to you, right? He says, You're from beneath, I'm from above. You're of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am. Now, the beautiful thing about the King James Bible is the word he is in italics. He's not in the Greek. And the, the translators of the King James Bible so honored the word of God that they only put the he in there so that you'd understand who he was talking about. But you can say it without it because they, they made it italics to let you know as a reader that wasn't in the Greek when we translated that one in the Greek. So, we, so you know it was their addition, not the Bible itself. I love that. about The, the honesty of the King James translators is just, mwah, it's beautiful. And so let me read it with an emphasis. He says, I say therefore unto you, you shall die in your sins if you believe not that I am, that I am, that I am. Know the word he. You shall die in your sins. He was talking to the leadership, the religious leadership of the day. So the spirit that they had, though they called themselves, Jew, uh, uh, they called themselves Jews, they said they follow, were followers of Moses. That's that fake deal again. Yet Jesus never recognized them as part of the kingdom of God. He never recognized them as part of the family. Though they looked religious and practiced religious and did all this stuff, yet in their hearts, the Bible says, they honor me much with their lips, but their heart is far from me. God wants this right here. He wants, he wants you all in, brother. you got to be honest with God when you get saved. John 18, 36, to Pilate, he said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, and I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from here or from hence. The spirit that we possess as born-again Christians is out of this world. And that's why this world hates it. Jesus said, if they hated me, they'll hate you. If they love me, they'll love you. If they follow my words, they'll follow your words. Well, don't be too surprised when you talk to them, they don't want to believe. Or you talk to them and they don't want to follow. How well did Jesus do with all the miracles he did? 
Where were all those people when he was getting crucified? These, these people with the spirit of Antichrist are driven from the inside to repel Christianity, even though they don't even understand what they're doing. What we're seeing going on in, out in our society today, but it's worldwide, is the clash of the titans. It is Christ versus Antichrist. It is good versus evil. It is truth versus fake news. That's what this means in 1 John 2.22, where John says, Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is an Antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. But there's good news. The good news is the Holy Spirit is going to win. And if you've chosen Christ as your Savior, you've chosen wisely. I like in Revelation, take your Bibles there if you would. I want to stop here. Revelation eleven fifteen. Take your book. Mark that. Because you need to know this. Especially you young people. What's your, what's your, what's your going to face in the next 20, 30 years? You're going to need to really be firm on what I'm talking about. The seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And look at that last phrase. And he shall reign forever and ever. The Holy Spirit is going to win. Jesus Christ is going to win. The spirit of Antichrist, this anti-God spirit, anti-Christian spirit, anti-light spirit, anti-true spirit is going to eventually be destroyed and contained and restricted to a place called hell, the lake of fire. You say, well, that's, old, that's New Testament. Well, how about Old Testament? To the Going back all the way to the books that Moses wrote in the book of Exodus, it says in verse uh, chapter 15, verse 18 says, the Lord, and he's talking about Jehovah there, shall reign forever and ever. This knowledge is ancient knowledge. What I'm talking to you is 3,500 years old. Those folks back in Moses' day in 1446 or so knew that ultimately Jehovah God was going to win. John that wrote the book of Revelation agrees, and there's a lot of agreement in between Exodus and Revelation, that God is going to rule and reign, and, and we, but his believers, are going to rule and reign with him a thousand years. They're going to rule, and it's going to be forever. And ultimately, when the dust clears, that spirit of Antichrist, that rebellious spirit, that self-willed spirit, that mystery of iniquity is going to be extinguished. And thus they wrote a song called, I think you're on the winning side. Somebody sang that here if you I'm on the winning side or we're on the winning side. I've never sang it, but I've heard it. I say, I say amen to that. Revelation 22, 5 says, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. So the question I ask you this morning is which spirit 
are you of? Our Heavenly Father, help us this morning to be able to have the Holy Spirit's discerning power, to be able to understand why things are the way they are and what is going on, why it's going on that way. I pray that we would resist the spirit of this world. Some of these things are not just fads. They're not just childish little games people are playing. These are manifestations of the mystery of iniquity. The spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of Antichristian. We pray, Father, we as born-again believers would help folks see this, that we would go about telling them Jesus saves, and he can help you, and he can forgive you of all your sins, and he can place you in a, a book called the Book of Life. And he can, he can cause you to have joy unspeakable full of glory. You don't have to go the way of darkness. You can come out of it. Father, we pray that you would preach this better than I could. May this message go on. I know it's going to go on the internet. I pray, Father, those who listen to it may have enlightenment of thy Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.